Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Every once in a while, I feel like I need to go back to the beginning and refresh your memory on the real purpose of the Prophecy Club. While God has added many things that we're supposed to do, one of the primary things we're supposed to do is to continue to carry the warning of Demetri Dudeman. So I'm going to start reading from page 138 in my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. It's chapter 19, and it's entitled, Do All Prophecies from God Come to Pass? Uh, Good question, huh? Well, in my younger days of Bible prophecy, I read Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 22, which says, If thou shalt say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, and thou shalt not be afraid of him. In other words, you don't listen to him. Well, in reading this, as a young person in prophecy, I concluded that the test of a prophet was whether they could foretell the future accurately and not miss. Well, over the years, as I began to learn more about the heart of the Lord and his plan for man, I discovered that that is not exactly accurate. He doesn't have to prove he spoke. He is quite willing to use one of his servants for his bigger plan. He's willing to give a warning with plans to turn people from their sin and then relent from his judgment. The prophet delivers it, but the prophecy doesn't come to pass. It means not every prophecy from God will come to pass, nor is it even the plan of God that it should come to pass. But rather, his plan is to fill his kingdom with as many people as possible. Now, was Jonah a hero or a false prophet? Mm. Well, we all agree that Jonah heard from God, yet, yet his prophecy of the destruction of Nineveh didn't come to pass in 40 days. God had a bigger plan. I began to learn that with some prophecies, if we looked closely, God is telling us this one won't change. This one will come to pass. As to others, well, they're warning prophecies intended to change our course, not intended to come to pass. Some will come to pass as with Nineveh. The destruction hit 40 years later, but it was delayed from 40 days to 40 years. God's purpose is not to prove that he can foretell the future, but to fill his kingdom. If the word says, like Revelation 19.9, and he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God, or Revelation 21.5, and he saith unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Or as in Revelation 22.6, and he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. Or as in Daniel 2.45, the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof, sure. We know these prophecies will come to pass, and no amount of praying and fasting is going to stop them. I still want to believe that we can bring a softening and a delay, but that is not a promise. People are unsure when to believe God is speaking. They want to trust the Word of God. Many say, well, I only accept what is written in the Bible. The problem is they're not following this rule because there are over 400 different versions of the Bible. Well, that brings us back to, how do we know the word which the Lord hath spoken? People are confused. In 1987, I was teaching a class in Bible prophecy at our local church, and I had determined that I was going to believe what is in the King James Bible. Just believe the Bible. But again, what Bible? 
From what perspective? And what do you do when people bring you these different perspectives? I stuck to my principles with only a few course corrections. A person seeking truth must be willing to offend others, do and say some things politically incorrect and go against the grain to bring 100% pure truth. It isn't easy. Most Old Testament prophets were stoned, sawed in half, or boiled in oil. To bring the true word of God is a very dangerous assignment. I was, and still am, willing to do that. Specifically, it appeared to me that Revelation 18 had to be speaking of America. Now, I used to play chess. I discovered sometimes getting up from the table and walking around the chessboard and looking at the same pieces from a different angle helped. Such is the case with Bible prophecy. We must be willing to look at prophecies from different perspectives, always seeking truth with our whole heart. Well, I was seeking truth. I looked at Revelation 18 from every possible angle, but the pieces still didn't move. So, neither did my opinion. From those early days of teaching Bible prophecy up to 2018, my opinion has only become more certain. I think because I told my prophecy class that I believed Revelation 18 must be speaking of of America, I received a very big blessing. God then introduced me to one of the greatest modern prophets, Demetri Dudeman. So, when do we believe the message is from God? Well, one Sunday in February 1988, after the prophecy class I was teaching, I was handed an audio tape. The lady said, I believe you'll be interested in this. Well, it was a pastor from Romania telling about how God had sent him to America because God had decided to punish America. He said, Revelation 18 is speaking of America. Well, I invited him to speak at the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship in Lawrence, Kansas. I didn't know what a blessing I had been given. I was about to meet the greatest prophet to ever set foot in America in the opinion of those who knew him. I had been allowed to meet a real prophet on the order of John the Revelator. Now, why do we believe Moses? He had many supernatural experiences with God. He was part of delivering ten plagues before Pharaoh, leader of the world at the time. All Israelites heard God's voice from the heavens. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with his face aglow. He was used by God to give them water from a rock, parting of the Red Sea, involving them in many supernatural experiences. However, beware, as the devil will deceive mankind in the last days by causing fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. We must be aware of his plans. Well, why do we believe Paul? Well, Paul had letters from the high priest authorizing him to arrest, beat, stone Christians. When he saw a light and heard a voice, was blinded for three days. He didn't eat or drink for three days until Ananias prayed for him, Acts 9, 17. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a supernatural experience from God that had convinced the people to believe Paul was called of God. When we have over 400 different Bible translations, how do we know the accurate word of God? Miracles should convince us more than some group of people who decided to include some text in their version of the Bible. Why do we believe Cornelius and Peter to give the gospel to the Gentiles? Well, Cornelius had an angel tell him to go to Peter. Peter had three visions of a sheet filled with abominable animals and was told not to call unclean 
what God had called clean. As the vision ended, three men from Cornelius were knocking on the door. According to Fox's Book of Martyrs, John the Revelator was boiled in oil and banned to the island of Patmos. An angel visited him and gave him the book of Revelation. Now, we believe John in part because he survived boiling in oil, a great test of God, Revelation 1.1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave in him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent signified by his angel into his servant John. Revelation 1.13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. So why do we believe Demetri Dudeman? Now, this is the important part of the broadcast. I'm going to include a part of Dimitri's testimony in this book. I met him. I went to his house. I had him in my home on two occasions. I know him or knew him as he is with the Lord now. But, but how do you know if you can believe this warning is from God? Is it not in the Bible? Here's the reason a person should believe Dimitri's warning. It's backed by scriptures in the Bible, but... Dimitri was severely tested by God, as was Paul and John and many of his other messengers. So Dimitri Dudeman smuggled Bibles into Romania for 30 years. He was arrested, tortured, put through five months of torture, culminating in them putting him on the electric chair twice. Now, that should be enough. But there's more. The angel told him the year, month, day, and hour he would be exiled to America. It came to pass exactly as he was told some four years later. When he arrived in America, the angel came to him again and told him four specific things that would happen to him the next day. They all came to pass exactly and precisely as he was told. If that had happened any 1,000 years ago, there would be no question that this is the hand of God. Today, eh, we're modern. We're more informed. So some say, God doesn't speak like this today. God says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Neither do I alter that thing has come out of my lips. Well, if God proved his messengers of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Revelator, and Christians 2,000 years ago were smart enough to recognize the voice of God in his servants, surely in our modern computer age, we are at least as smart as his servants 2,000 years ago. Now, Psalm 89.34 says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter that thing that has gone out of my lips. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We must be careful to run after truth and grab it when we find it. Knowing truth is probably not what our flesh really wants to hear. Now, I met Dimitri Dudman for the first time in March of 1988. I picked up Dimitri and his grandson and interpreter, Michael, and was driving him from Kansas City to Topeka. My wife was unpacking as we had just moved into our new home in Omaha, Nebraska. Dimitri turned to me and said, this woman in your life. I said, yes, my wife. He said, you tell her. First, she must pray for strength for herself before she prays for the people. She is praying for others and their problems are coming back on her. So when we arrived at the restaurant, I called Leslie in Omaha and told her what Dimitri Dudeman said and said, does this speak to you? And she started crying. <laughs> Yes, yes, I've just been opening boxes and just praying for anyone that comes to mind at any time, and I'm just exhausted. I'm so worn out. Does that speak to you? Yes, it does. Well, I was shocked, and I thought, okay, how does this guy know the secret prayers of my wife 
in Omaha, Nebraska, when we're driving down the freeway in Kansas. How does he know that? Obviously, God is with him. Obviously, he's a prophet. Now, it's only one of three more reasons, and I'm not going to cover all of them, about why I know that Demetri Dudeman is hearing from God. Now, why do I tell you the story? I tell you the story because I'm about to ask you to believe his story. Because his story is the modern prophecy of what God is about to do in this world, and specifically to America. But first, a bit more on Demetri Dudeman's testimony. Demetri Dudeman's testimony is twice on the lecture chair. He says, I was born in a Christian family. My father was a pastor of a Pentecostal church, and at the age of 17, I ran away from home and went to Marine school. Stayed there about four and a half years. I became a Marine officer. They gave me about 80 new recruits and put me out on the Black Sea. The communist government told me to search the ships coming in from foreign countries, and if I found any Bibles, confiscate them and arrest the missionaries. They said, Dimitri, if you do this, we'll advance you quickly. Oh, when I found I could be a big and important person, I started searching the ships faithfully. One morning, a ship from Holland came. I took about eight men with me, and searching the ship under a crate of cookies, I found a large quantity of Bibles. So I went to the captain, and I said, whose Bibles are these? He said, "Uh, I don't know. I told him, don't worry, you will know. Well, I saw a man over to the side crying, praying to God. It was a missionary from Holland. He worked with open doors. I went to him asking for his passport. I said, are these your Bibles? He said, no. I said, who do they belong to then? He said, they belong to your brothers and your sisters. He said, when he said this, it was like stabbing my heart with a knife. Then I heard a voice from behind me speaking and saying, what are you doing, Dimitri? I put you here. Don't confiscate those Bibles. Don't you know your dad is a pastor? Don't you know your brother's a Christian? I looked around to see who was talking to me, and there was no one. When I saw there was no one, I started shaking. I thought, whoa, what's wrong with me? I was embarrassed. I was shaking in front of the missionary. So I went into another compartment. I stuck my fingers in my ears so I wouldn't hear the voice anymore, but it got even louder. Go give him his passport, or I'll punish you, the voice said. So I went to the missionary, shaking. I handed him back his passport, and I said, God answered your prayers. He spoke to my ear and told me to give your passport back, and I'll even send some men to protect you from the police. As I gave him the passport back, the voice stopped, and I felt a peace in my heart. Then I realized, well, this was the voice of God. Then I said, every man has an angel, and the angel of God is near you. Well, I stayed on in the Black Sea for two years, and Many missionaries came through, and they came through without fear. I was put there by God, and I would help them. Now, let's fast forward. Thirty years later, now they never did catch him with the Bibles, but I didn't stop them from arresting him. It was a test. So God put him through a great test. They put Dimitri through all kinds of tortures. They would tell me, confess, where you got the Bibles? Who you brought them to? How'd you get them? Where'd you take them? Who'd you get them from? All kinds of questions. Who helped me take them? In my ear was the voice of the angel. Dimitri, don't tell. Don't confess. After five months of torture, they took me into a room. Ah, there was a very unusual chair. They said, Dimitri, do you see this chair? We brought this all the way from Germany just for you. Tell us now or you're going to die on that chair. I said, even if I die, I have nothing to tell you. They tied my hands behind the chair. They tied my feet around it. They tied something over my heart. They stuck a bowl on my head. 
Then they stuck two things in my ears and they said, okay, think about those Bibles. You're going to die now. They plugged it in. I felt a powerful shock go all through my body. It was like pins and needles going through it. And I couldn't see anymore. I thought I was going to die. When I thought I was going to die, the same light appeared. The whole room lit up with white light and said, Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. So I started saying, which is Romanian for the blood of Jesus. I woke up. I was laying on the ground. My eyes were and my mouth were full of blood. They were throwing cold water at me and slapping me around, but they couldn't kill me. The next day, they put me on the electric chair again. They did the same thing. They turned the power even higher. I thought I was going to die again. Same thing. Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. Your enemy will die. You're going to America to give them a warning from God. So again, I said, send you little Jesus. Send you little Jesus. They couldn't get past the blood of Jesus. Dimitri told me that the next morning he woke up and all of his teeth had fallen out in his mouth. The electricity has killed all his teeth. That's what he went through to get the message you're about to hear. Now let's get to the message. When he finally arrived in America, he said, It was late at night. I couldn't stay inside because of the smell. It was, I was outside sitting on a rock and a light came toward me. The fear of cars came with me because the Romanian police were always trying to run me over the cars and so I jumped to run. But a light surrounded me. Out of the light, I heard the same voice. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? What did I do that was so rotten that you brought me here to the United States? I have nowhere to lie my head. I can't understand anybody. We don't have anything to eat. We don't have any place to sleep. Dimitri, didn't I tell you that I would be here with you also? I brought you here to this country because this country will burn. Well, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why don't you just let me die in my own country? Dimitri, have patience. I will tell you, get beside me. He said, got beside the angel. He said, I don't know what it was. It was like a big pillow on fire. But he took and showed me all of California, the cities of California, and Las Vegas, and Florida, and New York. He said, do you see what I've shown you? He says, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day, it will burn. He said, how will it burn? America is so powerful. He said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. Started by the communists. By the way, does that sound like something like is happening today? It does to me. Started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries, which I cannot remember, will attack. The Russians will bombard them with nuclear missiles in America, and America will burn. <laughs> what would you do with the church? He said, the church has left me. How? Don't you have any people here? He said, well, people in America honor other people. The honor that should be given to God, they give to other people. See, Americans think high of themselves. They say, I serve God, but they don't. In the church, there's divorce, adultery, fornication, sodomy, abortion, all kinds of sin. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. I brought you here so you could cry out loud. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Tell them to stop sinning because God never stops forgiving. Tell them to repent. He will forgive them. Tell them to start preparing themselves so that I can save them in the day of trouble. Well, how will you save the church if America will burn? Tell them exactly as I tell you. As he saved the three young men from the oven of fire and Daniel from the mouth of the lion, that is how he will save them. But 
you must tell them to stop sinning and repent. He said, you see, I blessed this country because of the Jews that are here. I have 7 million Jews here. They haven't tasted war, persecution. God has blessed them more than anyone else. And instead of thanking God, they started sinning and doing wickedly. Their sins has reached the Holy One, and God has decided to punish them with fire. Now, Israel doesn't recognize the Messiah because they place their trust on the power of the Jews in America. But when God will hit America, all the nations will be terrified. Then God will raise up China and Japan and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. They'll back the Russians to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty. But they make the Russians their leader. Then with all the nations, with the Russians as their leader, that's your world government, then all the nations go down to attack little Israel. That's Armageddon. It's not that they want to. It's God makes them. See, that's the gathering of the tares, you see. Israel doesn't have the help of the Jews in America. In their terror, when they see what is coming, they finally call for Messiah. Messiah returns on the clouds and defeats the armies of the earth. I said, if you are the angel of God, then everything you tell me has to be written in the Bible. If it's not written in the Bible, then I can't tell the Americans. Tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 through 15. He names it the Mystery Babylon, the Great Adulteress, also Revelation chapter 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Why did he name it the Mystery Babylon? Tell them. Because all the nations of the world immigrated to America, and America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the Devil Church, the Sodomite Church, the Mormon Church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation. By the way, I should take a step in here and jump in to say, so it doesn't sound like God is too good on immigration. Okay, Neither immigration of people with other gods, you see. Because God, well, he's about to say this. I'll, let, let me go on here. Instead of stopping them, they went after other gods. Because of this, he named it the Mystery Babylon. So you know that I've truly been sent by God. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., someone will give you a bed. And at 10.30, someone will pay your rent. At noon, someone will bring you a car and give you a bucket of honey. He said, brothers, it happened exactly as the angel said. At 9 o'clock, someone rang my doorbell. I brought you a bed. I could not sleep all night long. God told me you're from Romania and you need a bed. At 10.30, someone rang the doorbell handed me a check for $500 and said, God told me to bring you $500. And at noon, someone came and gave me a car and a bucket of honey was sitting in the front seat. And you might say, why would God do this to America? Why, we trust in God. We have God on our side, on our dollar bill. It has, we trust in God. How are our lives, brothers and sisters? We go after foreign gods. The American church has adultery, fornication, sodomy, divorces, abortions, and all kinds of sin. If we repent with all of our hearts and call on Jesus to help us, he will help us to stop sinning. And in this case, Dimitri was told, tell my people that the days are numbered. The sentence has been passed, meaning that this one will not be prayed away. Now, this is only part of the book. I've only read two or three pages, 160 pages to the book. It's six by nine, so it fits right in with your Bible. I had it printed on very thin paper, white paper, also double columns, so it's easy to read. And it has, your typical book has from forty to 50,000 words. This has 85,000 words, but it's a very thin book, so it's easy to carry. And in the back of it, it has two big 12 by 9 full-color prophecy charts to help you to understand how the end times all works out. And the people that are reading it are handing it around left and right. As a matter of fact, my challenge is, if you get the book, all you have to do is read the first 13 pages 
And I think by the end of 13 pages, you'll be handing the book around to other people. What people are saying is that I'm understanding Bible prophecy better than I ever have before. I've never seen it this way. These are just some of the comments that we're getting. One for 20, don't do that. Five books for 30, or the best deal is 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. It was just a project. I didn't think anything special was going to happen, but I began to receive revelations. I'm talking about additional information deeper than just the scriptures. 30 revelations and two visions giving me more depth. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So I'm pretty confident to say you probably know nothing that is in this book. All new information. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are the secret doors of Bible prophecy. Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feast. What are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne explained. What is the cry? The parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials in order. Imagine a book on prophecy which brings fresh, new, accurate information. The text is in two columns, making it easy to read. The back flap is two full-color prophecy charts, 12 inches by 9 inches, helping you to better understand Bible prophecy. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. I don't want you to get one book for 20. Instead, get at least five for 30 or 10 for 55. That gives you extra books to give away. And that's what you'll do. If you just read the first 13 pages, I believe you'll be giving this book away to all of your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. 30 years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words. I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, which is April 19 through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Each single Prophecy Club DVD is a gift of $30. In that you know the Internet is going away one day, it is a good idea to actually have the disc. 
However, at WatchProphecyClub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. What a deal. In my opinion, the most important gift offer you can get is the Wake Up America gift offer. It's the testimony of Demetri Dudeman being put through five months of torture, twice on the electric chair, the angel coming to him and telling him the fall of America would start with an internal revolution. All of this is also put into a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. It also has Michael Boldea and the prophecies from Prophet Leslie Johnson. And then I teach through, in America in Bible Prophecy, 193 scriptures. That's two DVDs and a book, valued at $75, all three of them, available for a gift of just $30. If you don't get anything, get this. It's called the Wake Up America Gift Offer at prophecyclub.com. The Prophecy Club is on the tip of God's spear. Join the battle and prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. 